Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm producer Ash, and this is true. <laughs> <laughs> and James is here this time. Ah, it's not a ghost laughing. It's me. James. Yes. You love Los Angeles. I do. And you love the Breakfast Club. I do. And you love actual breakfast. I do. Have you ever heard of the Los Angeles Breakfast Club? I have not. Well, it is the silliest goddamn club you've never heard of. And it's chock full of famous, important people from over the past hundred or so years. Absolutely bonkers. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. I'm so excited for this. Oh, my God. Okay. It all began in the fall of 1924. Ooh. What was the the song that we were doing? I've got a nickel in my pocket. (laughs) Exactly. That's every song. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. (laughs) It's the fall of 1924 when a group of prominent L.A. businessmen would saddle up at Al Myers Griffith Park Riding Academy. Okay. And set out on their weekly morning ride. Their own weird little tradition that they would do. They began to discuss building their own little clubhouse for themselves for their weekly outings. A relaxed place in which to have a nice breakfast amongst friends and colleagues before heading to work. Right. First, the breakfast began when a local banker named Marco Hellman rigged up a literal chuck wagon, basically a food cart. People don't understand how much early L.A. was just the Old West. Yeah. Yeah. These are the businessmen are... Riding horses, riding horses before work. It was a desert. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a chuck wagon, and th- that's how they served breakfast at first. And then one morning, he encouraged one of the guests, a banker from Chicago, to entertain the small audience of businessmen with a speech while they ate. One of the guests present that morning, a local merchant named Maurice Demond, loved the impromptu lecture and musical entertainment so much that he proposed that everyone donate $100 so they could form an official legit breakfast club. What did they all donate $100? Yes. That's a lot back then. Yes. On March 6th, 1925, the first program took place at 6 a.m. at the Griffith Park Writing Academy and Demond was elected as the club's president. Wow. Maurice Demond? Yes. By the way, that's a good cat name. It is a great cat name. Word spread quickly and the club grew, attracting an impressive swath of Los Angeles bigwigs in the early years. Um, and attendance was regularly in the hundreds at first. Wow. That's a lot of ham and eggs. Yeah, that is a lot. In rapid succession, the club purchased the Crosetti Dairy property across the street, which was at 3213 Riverside Drive, just south of Griffith Park, and they converted that old dairy into a proper clubhouse that included showers for the horsemen so they didn't have to go to work in their stinky-ass horse clothes. (laughs) In 1927, entry fees increased from $100 per person to $500 per person, And yet, the membership continued to climb. This inflow of cash enabled the construction of the Pavilion of Friendship's Breakfast Hall, a dedicated (laughs) space for them to dine. What a name. In 1928, DeMond created a corporation for the club and allocated 100 shares to each member. Various prominent members were made into directors. 
and it's like an actual business at this point. Yeah. Go figure. It's it's supposed to be this friendly breakfast hang, and oh, the businessmen yeah. in charge of it just turn it into another business. Right. That's very L.A. Well, the most important meal of the day aside, the club was actually renowned for its range of enlightening and entertaining weekly talks given by prestigious educators, comedians, scientists, literary figures, and public officials. Eventually, the press took notice, and in March of 1927, the Warner Brothers radio station KFWB began broadcasting the weekly programs, many of them nationwide, for free. Wow. Before long, the Los Angeles Breakfast Club, or LABC, had become a cornerstone of the city's civic and social life. So, who was in it? Industry tycoons, oil men, <laughs> studio moguls like Cecil B. DeMille. Ooh. Famous writers like Edgar Rice Burroughs, who created Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Our BFF, Mr. Walt Disney. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, some athletes like Joe DiMaggio and Babe Ruth. No way. Heard of them? This is so cool. <laughs> Actors, including Will Rogers. Funny story about Will Rogers. He apparently established a mini club of troublemakers within the LABC that would heckle the speakers and presenters, and they called themselves the Roosters. <laughs> uh, what Wait, they did what? They would heckle the presenters. Oh, okay. One story has it that when... Miss Amelia Earhart showed up for the first National Women's Air Derby. She made an extravagant arrival at the club by landing her plane on the nearby L.A. River. Wow. Even Governor Ronald Reagan joined the fold in July of 1967. And speakers over the years included Olympians, politicians, authors, comedians, you name it. Um, Subjects for their speeches ranged from true crime, the Middle East, graffiti and local housing policy to silent films, puppetry, NASA missions, jazz. Mm. Um, Some of the female members would knit during the talks, uh, quote, but it doesn't mean they're not paying attention. It's just that kind of place. (laughs) Even President Calvin Coolidge paid a visit in 1927. Mr. Coolidge himself? President Coolidge. That's also a great cat name, Calvin Coolidge. Calvin also Coolidge. President Calvin Coolidge. President, that's better. I like that. And the club was basically a DZ, a demilitarized zone. No political or personal beef allowed um, while, while in session. Mm-hmm. There's a famous picture from October of 1930 that shows Harry Chandler, who was publisher of the LA Times, shaking hands with William Randolph Hearst, who was publisher of the LA Examiner. Mm-hmm. And these men disagreed vehemently on basically everything and were more like enemies than just business rivals. But at the clubs, they shake hands. That's just how it is. So this is the same Hearst as in Hearst Castle? I think so. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's money and Hearst. It just means it's the same family. Yeah. So what actually is it? This silly-ass club, which called itself a democracy of ham and eggs, is a friendly and social gathering. But this was an early club, too. Too early to be so silly, in my opinion. You and I would not have made the cut because doors opened at 6.30 a.m. No, I'm out. And members greet one another with the customary exchange of good morning ham and good morning egg. What? Okay, you're starting to lose me now. (laughs) This is getting a little too quirky. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to get worse. 
At 7.30 a.m., the music director plays Hail to the Chief, and then the president of the club leads the Pledge of Allegiance, followed by a patriotic song like America the Beautiful and a sing-along of old pop songs or even sometimes sea shanties. Okay, I kind of like that You're back in. Yeah, I'm back in. Then begins a series of arm-waving morning stretching exercises to get the blood flowing. And I'm back out. And a hearty rendition of the club's official anthem, Ham and Eggs. Now back in. The lyrics are, ham and eggs, ham and eggs. I like mine fried good and brown. I like mine fried upside down. Ham and eggs, ham and eggs. Flip them, flop them, flop them, flip them. Ham and eggs. Oh my God. (laughs) Then the week's chairman, um, because members take turns acting as host every week, explains the club's history for the newbies and makes some announcements and members line up to do the secret ritual handshake. The secret ritual handshake mimics the act of flipping an egg. Oh my God. And they proceed to greet folks at the speaker's table. They're really leaning heavy on this being a breakfast thing. It's a breakfast club. It is. At this time, those seeking official membership undergo the bonkers initiation ceremony, which involves sitting on a sawhorse that they have named Ham while blindfolded, holding the horse's tail with one hand and putting the other in a plate of fried eggs. (laughs) Even Walt had to do this. Wow. Then someone wheels forward a large board containing the club's cryptogram and leads the crowd in the recitation. So it's just a bunch of, it's a whole smattering of letters. But when you say them out loud, it's, it sounds like an actual sentence. Okay. So, F-V-N-E-M. Have we any ham? Oh, my God. S-V-F-M. Yes, we have ham. <laughs> F-V-N-E-X. Yes, we have eggs. Egg. <laughs> yes, we have, have egg. we any eggs. S-V-F-X. Yes, we have eggs. Oh, I see VF M and X. Oh, I see we have ham and eggs. Well, these Nerds. rich guys need to get a goddamn hobby. F V N E M S V F M. So finally they eat and the club proceedings end at 9 a.m. sharp and it's time for everyone to go to work. Now, over the decades, it really hasn't changed all that much. Membership stayed really high into the 90s, but then the LABC, with its men-only membership policy, started being seen as too Mm -hmm. old-fashioned. Finally, women were admitted in 1978, and the first woman president was elected in 1986. 1978 was the first time they allowed women? Yep. Jeez. Wait, is this still a thing? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. I would love to know who's still a part of it. Is it is it private the list? Um, I don't know. Okay. I don't I mean, think you, so. It's public as far as the past, so I would assume that it's public today. Yeah. On some level. Um, but so at this point new and younger people were not joining the ranks. Um, and then of course with LA traffic getting worse and worse over the decades, it was getting really hard to make the weekly meeting without taking out a huge chunk of your work day. Mm-hmm. So things were looking pretty grim by the turn of the millennium. But then Lily Holloman, the club's young and now current president, joined back in 2013, and she refused to allow the slow, agonizing death of this L.A. institution. She says, quote, I just couldn't let it happen, explaining that she gently convinced the senior members of the board about the possibilities of social media and digital word of mouth. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and almost immediately, more people came through the doors. The LABC is a non-political, non-sectarian club for everybody, she says. Quote, and if you love anything about L.A., past, present, or future, this is the place for you. Oh, wow. This is really neat. It is an organization whose growth and success are inherently tied to the city's history. It's a secret bubble of magic. I was inexplicably drawn in by the warm camaraderie and a spirit of fun and optimism. It's a place full of friendship, fun, and outright silliness. Wow. There's also Dan Snyder, the vaudeville-style piano player and current music director, who stepped in as an accompanist about 25 years ago, and he's been there ever since. And according to Dawn, the club's weekly program, quote, restores us to basic truth and disregards the pretentiousness of life. Wow. Rex Link, the son of founding member Harold Link, says the club is, quote, not a church, not a lodge, not a service club, but the shrine of friendship, the story of the club of hospitality, the democracy of ham and eggs where everybody knows everybody and everybody is just a ham or an egg. True to this sentiment, then as now, pretension, politics, and religion were left at the door. It's funny. I was just looking at their website. So LABreakfastClub.com is still an active thing. And it has that, look at that poster. Yeah. And so I was reading it. It's very much still a thing. The, the application process, do you want me to read it? Sure. Okay. So it's, it says membership is open to everybody aged 18 and older. Most members live in Southern California, although the LABC has members in Oregon, Washington, Illinois, Austria, and Australia. A membership application can be obtained during a Wednesday morning meeting and returned in person or via email. Um, <laughs> after the form is referred, the board of directors will read, review, and vote on approval of your application. <laughs> See, that's the that's the uh-huh. uh, But technically, anyone's allowed, and it's set at two hundred eighty-five yearly or twenty-eight dollars yep. and fifty cents monthly. Mm-hmm. And here's what you get: you get. discount on breakfast tickets, Mm -hmm. members only Friday happy hour, exclusive tours and events, a coffee mug, a license plate frame, membership card, Wednesday meeting, members only virtual live stream. And then they have a financial aid fund. So the shrine of friendship, the the shrine of friendship is open to everyone. If a member or prospective member needs help covering monthly or annual dues, the Los Angeles Breakfast Club Foundation has established a financial aid fund. That's kind of cool. It is cool. I I love clubs. I, early America at the turn of the century was obsessed with clubs. There was clubs all over America. The Shrines, the Elk Lodge, all that kind of stuff, stuff like this. And it's something that's missing today, the age of social media. So I, I'm, I'm all in on this. I think this is so cool. Including the Ham and Egg song? All that is just... <laughs> it's it's just good fun and it, it like I think it breaks up the monotony of life and having friendship and culture and like they said it's not a church it's not a cult it just is it mm-hmm. is just a club well if anyone out there is interested in giving it a go the LABC of today meets every Wednesday at 7 a.m. sharp which is more than reason enough for me to not do it um, yeah. Tickets must be purchased in advance, and all RSVPs have to be made by that Monday's morning. Guest tickets are $25, but first-timers eat for free. Oh, so you can go as a guest? Yes, you can. I wonder yeah. how many times you can go as a guest. I don't know. Because that might be the way to do it. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to pay the dues, 
you may not be a member, but you can still go and network and schmooze and be part of this thing. Yeah. Because my guess is there are fairly prominent people still part of this. In case you're wondering, the dress code is business casual. There is free parking on site. Mm. And the menu changes regularly, but vegans and vegetarians always have options these days. Interesting. Not just ham and eggs. Okay. Well, my sources for this episode were friendsofgriffithpark.org, KCET, and Atlas Obscura. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.